Well, thank you, choir. As I did in the first service, I just want to take a second to, um, to say thanks to those who are part of our uh, music and worship ministry. Uh, you know, sometimes we lose sight of the fact that every Sunday, uh, uh, this choir brings it and uh, brings it authentically and not in a way to, to, uh, to be showy or to perform. They lead in worship. It's what they're called to do, and it's what they do very, very well. And uh, they spend a lot of time preparing for that on Thursday evenings. They often get to Sunday school Bible study late. You know, they get off spread from here to other areas of service many times, uh, even though just being in, in our choir is enough ministry in itself to keep, your, keep you busy. Uh, many of them already are serving in many other areas as well. We're grateful for you. Thank you for leading us every single Sunday and pointing us to God, pointing us to Christ and putting the cross on display. We're grateful for, for what you do. Well, this uh, today is the third message in a series we started a couple of weeks ago entitled Words. And uh, you know, we, we uh, have really taken this time, this series, to look at different aspects of the words that we speak. And it's important to look at something like this because of what the Bible says about our words. Proverbs tells us that in the tongue is the power of life and death. That the words we speak have the ability, as we looked at two weeks ago, to either build up another person or to break down another person. The words you speak every day, in whatever context, whether it's with family, whether it's in your context of your marriage, or as a parent or grandparent, in work relationships, amongst your friends, or even with strangers, your words have the capacity, according to God, to either build up or to break down. And so we looked at that a couple of weeks ago. And then last Sunday, we looked at hurtful words out of the book of James, chapter 3. James had already said in chapter 1 that if we think that we're religious, but we're not able to bridle or to rein in our own tongue, then our religion is worthless. And so James makes it clear that the words we speak are very, very important in in God's eyes. But in chapter 3, he tells us that there actually are times when we can hurt others and be injured as well by the words of others. And so we looked at the topic of hurtful words last week. We talked about what we do whenever we've been damaged by the hurtful words of another person. Maybe for some of you, you've been raised in a, in a culture, really, growing up where a parent was verbally abusive. Maybe in your marriage, you've experienced that, or a previous marriage, or a friendship. Maybe you encounter just abuse and abuse and abuse verbally. And you've had to come to the place, as we looked at last week, of where you've had to learn to replace the lies of others with God's truth about what God says about you. And that's a lifelong process of doing that. Uh, so we looked at that last week. And then we talked about those who wound with words. You know, if that's your tendency is to wound others, and if you're just a time bomb looking for a place to go off, and that happens systematically through the course of your life, and people know to avoid you at certain times, certain seasons, certain parts of the day even, then uh, you need to really take a look at the relationship between your words and your heart because Jesus himself said that it's out of the heart that we speak, that it's from the overflow of our heart that our words ultimately make their way out. And so words that we share verbally are reflection of where we are spiritually in relation to our hearts uh, belonging to God. And so it's real important how we view the words that we speak. And, uh, and so that's what we've been doing, is sifting these, uh, these things through Scripture. Well, this morning we're going to look at the third message in this series. It's a very simple message entitled, Gossip. And so we're going to get the gossip on what God says about gossip. The only difference is that it's going to be all true, all trustworthy, all up front, all above board, and he wants us to not only learn from it, but also to live it out in our lives. Listen to this definition of gossip. You probably already know what it is, but uh, listen to what the dictionary says. Gossip is a rumor or a report of an intimate or a personal nature. Gossip is a rumor or a report of intimate or personal, of, a, of an intimate or a personal nature. You've experienced gossip. You know what gossip is. Most people would say that gossip is when you stab somebody in the back, you tell lies about someone without them knowing it. 
And that is true. That is an aspect of gossip. But let me just expand gossip just a little bit. Because gossip is not just telling lies about another person. Gossip also includes telling truth about another person. In fact, gossip can be completely true, 100% factual, and yet it's the spreading of information about another person that you know is inappropriate to share in a public arena. It's information that could be completely accurate, and yet sharing it in the wrong place, with the wrong people, in the wrong way, with the wrong motivation, without that other person being knowledgeable of it, is also an example of gossip. So we have to kind of reformat our minds to get, a, get our minds around this, that gossip is not just spreading, spreading lies, gossip also is spreading truth in a wrong way, and in a way that that person would not want it to be spread about them. And so that's what gossip is. Listen to what the dictionary also says about gossip. There's another definition, not just about the thing gossip, but about the person. Another definition is a person who who habitually reveals personal or sensational facts about others. Have you ever met a gossip? Let me see your hands, okay? Now, I didn't try to trick you and say, are you a gossip? Let me, let me see here. Now, I didn't try to trick you. Some of you look like a little scared to raise your hands. I, 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 don't, I don't know why that would have been the case. But a gossip is a person who, who practices the spreading of gossip. And so there's gossip the thing and gossip the people. We're going to talk about both of them specifically this morning because the Bible has things to say about both of them specifically as well. Interesting what we're going to find this morning as we uncover Scripture about what God has to say about gossip specifically. Here's how gossip often starts. Uh, Your gossip radar will typically go off when you hear things like this. Have you heard about... Right? Whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah, that usually sets off the old gossip. Or something like this. Uh, I don't know if this is true, but... You know, and often whenever you're talking with someone and their, their voice goes down a couple of notches and they kind of look around before they say something, that's another, whoop, 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 you know, you kind of radar starts to go off. All those are examples of gossip. Now, here's, here's what we see about gossip. The Bible has some things to say about the effects of gossip. Now, I, we're going to move a little quickly through some of this, but if you will, flip over with me to the book of Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs chapter 16. If, if you don't Don't know that you can keep up as we move through some of these passages. We're going to move a little quickly here at this part in the message. You can jot the the, the, uh, the passages down. You can look them up later, but I'm going to read them for us this morning. But Proverbs chapter 16 is what I want us to look at first as we look at some of the effects of gossip. Proverbs chapter 16, let's pick up in verse 27. Interesting what it has to say here in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs has an awful lot to say about gossip, by the way. Verse 27 says, A worthless man digs up evil while his words are as a scorching fire. A perverse man spreads strife and a slanderer. Now, a slanderer could be easily acquainted with a gossiper. A slanderer separates intimate friends. A man of violence entices his neighbor and leads him in a way that is not good. Just from that passage, what we find is that gossip destroys reputations. Gossip divides close friends. Whether it takes place in a friendship, whether it takes place in a work environment, whether it takes place in a, uh, in a family relationship, where gossip is present, you will find divisiveness. Where gossip is known, you will find divisiveness. It is accompanied by ruined reputations. It is accompanied by hurt. It is accompanied by broken relationships. And here's the scary thing about gossip is that oftentimes you don't even know when gossip is taking place. You just see the effects of it. I was trying to rack my brain this, uh, this weekend to think of a, of a good juicy, no, not really, just to think of a good example of, of how gossip has, has hurt me. 
And I was trying to think, and I just throw out a good personal story. You know, here's what somebody said one time, and I found out about it, and I was hurt, and I cried, and I, you know, my old relationships were breaking down. I couldn't think of one. Now, I wasn't born yesterday, right? I, I was born in the evening, but not last night. Uh, uh, I've been around, you know, so I, I know there are things that people have to say about me, and they're probably saying things about you too, so don't feel like you're excluded. Uh, whenever you become an adult, people talk about you, right? It's the world we live in. Here's the scary thing about gossip. I could not think of an example because oftentimes when people are talking about you, you have no idea what's being said. And the words that they say about you may be completely false and misled. They may be true and yet have no business being shared about you, and yet you don't even know it. And those words go underground, and they begin to spread, spread roots, and they begin to choke out reputations and choke out relationships and, and ruin families and ruined friendships and began to spread divisiveness such as the nature of gossip and so as we begin to see the effects the bible is very 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 upfront about the effects of gossip on a person's life romans chapter one i've turned there but romans chapter one even equates it to a characteristic of the godless in romans chapter one it will list a long list of character traits of those who do not know god who do not hold fast to commitment to him and one of the character qualities that are listed there in the list is that of gossip equated with those who do not even have a relationship with god it uh it takes trust and absolutely just dismantles it from relationships and so whenever somebody brings you information that is false in nature about another person that's gossip whenever someone brings you information that is true in nature about another person but you know that person doesn't want it spread that in itself is gossip and so you may not consider yourself to be a gossip but what we do with it when it comes our way makes a huge difference both to our own hearts and to the lives of those around us. And so let's begin to dig in a little bit and see what Scripture has to say about it. I want to give you specifically a, a principle to take home with you that we're going to sift it through Scripture this morning. And the principle is this. I hope you'll jot it down. And the principle is this, that we must be proactive in avoiding gossip and the gossiper. Now that sounds a bit harsh, but we're going to see what Scripture has to say and if it bears out the simple principle that we must be proactive in avoiding gossip and avoiding the gossiper. doesn't matter if it's at work, doesn't matter if it's in the church, doesn't matter if it's in your neighborhood, doesn't matter if it's in your circle of friendships, does not matter where it is. We have to be proactive. Whenever we encounter gossip in any form, in any way, we can't just take a hands-off approach. We can't just let it coast. It has to be addressed because, again, it is divisive in nature. It erodes trust by nature. It will destroy relationships by nature. It does not stay within the lines. It bleeds out and affects others, innocent people, by the way, as well. And it has to be dealt with proactively. A person must proactively address and avoid and eliminate gossip. And they also must be, be proactive in avoiding the ones who spread gossip specifically as well. Now let me get you to turn to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 3. I want you to see something real, real interesting here in 1 Timothy chapter 3. I'm going to read three passages of scripture right here back to back. They're going to be real easy to find. When you get to 1 Timothy 3, you're, you're, you're in, the, in, in the clear. It's going to be in 1 Timothy. It's going to be in the next book, 2 Timothy. It's going to be in the next book, Titus. All three of those books were letters written by Paul to these two individuals, Timothy and Titus. They're known as the pastoral letters 
They were written to these two men who served as pastors, giving them instruction both in their daily lives as well as in their ministries. And so Paul here in 1 Timothy chapter 3 is writing to Timothy as he's carrying out ministry here in Ephesus. He's writing to him to give him instruction. Notice what he says, 1 Timothy chapter 3, look down to verse 11. Now he's speaking in the context of deacons and their wives, and yet what he says is going to be applicable to every person. He says, verse 11, women must likewise be dignified, not malicious gossips, but temperate, faithful in all things. Now he would say that to anybody. Ladies, he's not picking on you. He would say that to anyone. The context of the passage is that he's speaking to deacons and he's speaking to deacons' wives. That's the context. That's why he singled out the ladies specifically, but it applies to every single person, male or female. Now, here's what I want you to do. If you don't mind writing in your Bible, you can underline or circle those two words, malicious gossips. If you don't want to circle them, just jot them down or lock them away in your mind because they're going to be very important. Malicious gossips, that's what he speaks of. He says that women here in this context, everyone ultimately, are not to be malicious gossips. So hang on to that. Now, flip over to the next book to the right, 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Here, Paul is speaking about life in the last days. Now, we could say that in this context that we are living in the last days. It's after the resurrection, after the ascension of Christ. We are living in what's called the church age today. Uh, Do not yet know when the end of time will come. So we're living in the midst of these days that Paul speaks of. Look at what he says, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Verse 1, he says, but realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy. This is quite a list, isn't it? This is exactly what you're looking for for the person your child is going to marry one day, right? Verse 3, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious, gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good. He goes on to... Speak, look at verse 5, this is interesting. Holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power, avoid such men as these. So in verse 3, there's that phrase again. You can circle it, underline it, file it away, malicious gossips. Same phrase he used in 1 Timothy. Now let's turn one more book to the right, to the book of Titus. See, I told you this was easy. 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and now Titus. When you get to Titus, look to chapter 2, verse 2. Titus chapter 2, beginning in verse 2. He says, Older men are to be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith, in love, in perseverance. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips. And there's that phrase again. Circle it, underline it, file it away. Here's what's interesting. That phrase, malicious gossips, is a translation of one Greek word in the original Greek language of this New Testament. It's one Greek word that we translate with two words, malicious gossips. That one Greek word is translated that way in only three places in the New Testament. You just read all three of them. Well, that same Greek word appears 34 other times in the New Testament. Are you tracking with me so far? Are you with me? The same Greek word appears 37 times in the New Testament. Three times it's translated malicious gossips. The other 34 times, you know how it's translated? Devil. It's the Greek word diabolos. Spanish word diablo comes from that word. It's what we get the English word devil. Okay, so you've got in the New Testament the Greek word diabolos 
appears 37 times. 34 times it's translated devil. Three times it's translated malicious gossips. What is God's view, do you think, on gossip? Oh, have you heard? Hey, I don't, I don't know if this is true or not, but th- this helps put to rest the appropriateness of spreading things about other people that are not meant to be shared publicly, whether true or false. It, it gives clearly to us the take that God has here from the very word that is used to be translated malicious gossip comes from this very same word that we get the English word devil. We must be proactive in avoiding gossip, period. Now, I'm thankful that when I preach a message like this, that it's part of a series. I'm thankful that when I preach a message like this, it's not because gossip is running rampant down every hallway in this church, because it's not. Church this size, two services, a lot of adults that are here, a lot of people. Does it happen? Sure it does. Are there things that are said about others that are inappropriate, don't need to be shared? Are there times when gossip takes root, takes off? Absolutely it does. Do we have a huge issue with this that I'm trying to deal with now in some public fashion? No, that's not the case. Is it something that will destroy this church, destroy your family, destroy your friendships, destroy your work environment in an instant? Absolutely yes. Why? Because it's not of God, it's of the enemy himself. And we have to be proactive continually in our relationships, in our church family, in our families to address, to deal with, to avoid gossip at all costs. In fact, just listen to what it says. You don't have to turn there, but just listen. Colossians chapter 3 verse 8 helps helps us to understand with real clarity what God would have us to do. Colossians 3 verse 8 says, But now you also put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. It is a command that we do that. And by the way, the context of Colossians there talks about, the, the, uh, the context there is that it's talking about the new life that we have in Christ. Here's the picture that God says, in, in a sense, when he says in Colossians 3 that we're to put all that away, including slander and abusive speech from our mouths, it's as though God looks down and he sees the Christian, the person who was once characterized by their sin, now they've been characterized by their forgiveness. They were once characterized by the darkness in which they walked, now they're characterized by the light in which they walked. They were once characterized by spiritual death, now they've been characterized by spiritual light life, all because not of their good works, but of the death and the burial and the sacrifice, the resurrection of Jesus Christ himself. And it's as though God looks down and he sees his child, the Christian, and he sees the price paid for him or for her, and he sees the new nature that we've been given, that our hearts are not like they used to be. We have been given new hearts. We have been refashioned. We have been replaced. We have an old life that is not who we are. We now have a new life. And God looks at that Christian, and he hears the words out of our mouth, and he sees us when we blister someone up one side, down the other, slice them every single way they can be sliced by the words that we speak, and then we show up on a Sunday, and we sing praises to him, and God says, this is not right. This cannot happen. It is not befitting of one who knows me. And so that's why he says in Colossians 3, and so put aside all of these things, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your your mouth. We must be proactive to avoid gossip. But listen to this. We also have to be proactive in avoiding the one who gossips as well. Look with me over to the book of Proverbs chapter 20. Proverbs chapter 20. It could not be any more clear 
Now, does this mean you run and scream if there's one person who typically is not the norm? They spread something they shouldn't know. You deal with that, and we're going to talk about that in a second. But for the one who continues, for the one that you know, don't tell them anything. <laughs> that person, Proverbs has something to say. Proverbs chapter 20, look down at verse 19. He who goes about as a slanderer reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a gossip. Well, that's interesting. That's pretty clear. There's not a whole lot of wiggle room there, is there? He who goes about as a slanderer reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a gossip, one who is characterized by gossip. So what are some tips then that we can do? Because, you know, you're going to encounter that awkward point in your life and at some point, and if God may put us to the test, it may be this week, <laughs> when someone comes up to you and they say, hey, have you heard? And you're going to think, oh my goodness, boom, 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 I just heard that sermon, boom, 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 boom. The, in the tongue is the power of life and death, boom, 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 you know, build up, don't tear down, boom, 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 boom. what do I do here with this? You know, have you heard? Well, here's some things to consider. Here's some things to think about. One thing you can do to address gossip and to oftentimes put it right to rest is to learn. These aren't on the overhead. You just jot them down real simple. Number one, question the gossiper. Question the gossiper. What does that mean? Use this as an example. Someone comes to me and they say, Brooks, have you heard? I don't think there's any Billy Bobs in here. So have you heard about, have you heard about Billy Bob? Right? If, if, if Billy Bob, if you're here, forgive me. I'm not singling you out, I promise. It's a lot easier to use that than, uh, you know, some other name. Have you heard about Billy Bob Brooks? I, I don't know if you know this, and I'm not sure if it's true, but, and I say, look, just hold on just one second. I don't want to get in the middle of all this, and I don't know what you're about to say, but before you share it, do I have your permission to share with Billy Bob what you're about to tell me and ascribe it to you? You know, that's forthright, it's up front, it's fair, and it's effective. Because if it's gossip, he's not going to want his name attached to it when I share it with Billy Bob, who's six foot three, works out every single day, and he's going to bench press him about 15 times, right? But if his heart is right and he says, I, and he truly wants to seek reconciliation because he sees this friend of his in, in getting sideways, getting outside the will of God, getting in dangerous place, and if he's willing to say, yes, tell him I shared with it shared this with you that I know that heart is right does it make sense and if you get into the practice and if we're we or if we're in the practice of saying listen I don't want to be in the middle of this before you tell me anything else do you mind if I share what you're about to tell me with that person and let them know you told me that will squash 98 percent of the gossip that takes place and your reputation will be known to people around you as don't take dirt to them you follow me so learn to question the gossiper. You don't have to be mean and wicked and nasty. You just, just be up front. Just be forthright. All you're doing is asking them a question. Hey, but do you mind if I share that you told, told me this with them? And that's going to deal with most of it right there. L listen to what it says. Proverbs, Proverbs has so much to say. L Proverbs chapter 26. Just listen. Jot this down. Proverbs 26, beginning in verse 20. This is so good. Listen to what it says. Proverbs 26, verse 20. For lack of wood, the fire goes out. Now, that's pretty, pretty common knowledge, isn't it? For lack of wood, the fire goes out. And where there is no whisperer, contention quiets down. <laughs> you get rid of the one who's spreading the gossip, and there's a whole lot more peace on property, is what he's saying. Like charcoal to hot embers and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. The words of a whisperer are like dainty morsels. It sounds good, doesn't it? 
I'm about to give you information that's going to make you feel so much better about who you are because I'm about to trash this person and they're never even going to know it. The words of a whisperer are like dainty morsels and they go down into the innermost parts of the body. Like an earthen vessel overlaid with silver dross are burning lips and a wicked heart. He who hates disguises it with his lips, but he lays up deceit in his heart. When he speaks graciously, do not believe him, for there are seven abominations in his heart. And though his hatred covers itself with guile, his wickedness will be revealed before the assembly. Verse 28, a lying tongue hates those it crushes, and a flattering mouth works ruin. Question the gossiper. What's the second thing you can do? Face up. Face up. What does that mean? It means that you have the willingness to take what you've heard to the person that's being spoken about. Let me give you an example. Say there's a nasty rumor circulating about Brooks, right? Some, some gossip. Um, I don't know, the worst variety. Say, have you heard Brooks is cheering for Georgia Tech? All right, that's the gossip. Okay, I, I'm talking nasty stuff. Okay. <laughs> and so, uh, hey, go easy, you know, just, just having fun. <clears throat> Here's what you do, you face up. Brooks, man, I love you, and I'm not saying that I believe this, but here's what I'm hearing from people being said about you. Boom, you lay it out. Is this true? Here's what's the worst that's going to happen. If it's not true, I can clarify, and I can explain why it's not true. That's the worst that can happen. The best that can happen is maybe I am in sin. And maybe I am falling short. And maybe I am involved in something I shouldn't be. And maybe what you've heard is true. And through your love for me and your confrontation of me, I'm willing to confess and to turn from it and to be right with God again. Does that make sense? It would have never happened if you didn't just face up. And so when you hear stuff that's being said, you got to be proactive. And you go to the person and I'm not saying you spread your own gossip, but you say, look, here's what I'm hearing. And I don't know if this is true or not, but I felt like you might benefit in knowing this because everybody else does. And it puts that person in a position to respond. Number three, you question the gossiper, you face up. Number three, deal with facts, not opinions. Deal with facts, not opinions. Say you're the one who's being talked about. You're the person who is ultimately being, uh, you know, being gossiped about. How do you deal with that? You deal with the facts and don't waste your time with the opinions. I'll use me as an example again. Just say some, you know, some gossip is rumbling ar- around about me and I learn of it. I address the facts, but I don't have time to deal with the opinions of every single person that aren't even right. Does that make sense? You know, God handles those kinds of things. And where you've been the victim of gossip, I believe it will do you well to not waste your time on changing other people's opinions. Just deal with the facts. Here's why that's powerful. Because if you walk with God and you live a life of integrity and you do it right, yes, you'll have your stumbles and yes, you'll have your areas where you fall short. Every other single person will be as well. But when people hear the junk on you and the dirt on you, they will know by the magnitude of the, of the, of the testimony of your life what is true and what is not. So don't waste time fixing opinions. Deal with the facts and move on, thankful for who God has made you, that he'll fight your battles for you.
It'll save you a lot of energy. You lay your head down at night, not worrying about the words of man, but knowing that you're right in the sight of God. Number three, or number four, be sensitive to Christianized gossip. Be sensitive to Christianized gossip. You know what Christianized gossip is? The first service, it was like deer in the headlights. And do you know what Christianized gossip is? Like, oh. Christianized gossip is when you share gossip, but in a Christian way. For example, we need to really pray for old Billy Bob. We need to put Billy Bob on the prayer list. And I've never prayed for anybody before, but I want everybody to pray for Billy Bob now because I'm going to tell you what's going on in his life so you can pray for him, right? That's Christianized. I just got a burden in my heart for old Billy Bob. Come on close and let me tell you what my burden is, you know? That's Christianized gossip. Listen, it happens all the time. It covers it. It, it, puts, it takes the rough edges off and makes us feel as though we're okay to share things about people that they don't want shared about themselves. You know, for us, let me, let me just give a, a, a good example of how we do this here with our, in our church. We get prayer cards in every Sunday. There are times, and our staff will tell you, that we'll have 15, 20 prayer requests that will come in through these services on Sundays, and we pray for them as a staff. There's a box on that card. You can look at the one right in front of you if you want. It asks, do you want this to be listed in our Wednesday prayer group? In other words, do you want this request listed publicly? Check yes or no. And if it doesn't say yes, it is simply kept within staff because it was turned in, and it goes no further. And it's to help to protect the information of other people because somebody might be turning in a prayer request for you that you don't even know about, <laughs> right? And it helps to protect the person who may not even know they're being prayed for. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing to pray for others. We need to be doing that. But we don't need to be spreading gossip through that avenue. Other churches. You might have had a horrible experience in your former church. You might have a, you know, you might be... Uh, you might have experienced things that you hope nobody else has to experience. You may have been betrayed. You may have been hurt. You know what? When God moves you from point A to point B and he puts you in a new church family, you just trust all that stuff from the past to the Lord. Forgive and move on. You don't need to keep digging from that same hole, talking about the same junk and the same dirt of how bad things were. You just move on and let God apply his grace to where you are today. And don't be one who adds fuel to the fire and spreads gossip. Another thing I would say to be careful of is social media. Yeah, this is practical. I can't point you to a verse. I don't know. Second hesitations, maybe. <laughs> um, you know, that says, you know, thou shalt be careful with thy social media. You know, there's not a verse in there that talks about that. But listen, let me just give another example. At our church here, we have a Facebook page. We've got like 400, almost 450 likes. Woo! People like us. <laughs> Thank you for liking us. Yeah, almost 450, right? In that group, you can look at those 450 people who are part of our Facebook page, who are part of our Facebook community, so to speak. And of that 450, we, ha we can look at the admin information, and of that 450 people, there are 130,000 plus friends that are represented. Do you follow me? That means the click of a mouse in a span of about 10 seconds, 400 people have the capacity to ruin someone's reputation in a scope of 130,000 plus people to become knowledgeable of. And in the click of a mouse, the posting of information in anger, in, in a sense of gaining vengeance on someone, can absolutely reap uh, uh, damage and devastation beyond what you could ever even imagine. 20 years ago, it was conversations at the water cooler. Today, it's social media escalates everything. And you've got to be sensitive to that. You've got to be careful. And you've got to be wise. And then the last thing I would say, number six. Just a practical tip. 
is to make Psalm chapter 19, verse 14, your prayer every single day. Make Psalm chapter 19, verse 14, your prayer every single day. What does it say? Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. You know, are there things that could be said about us that are true, that would be hurtful, that would be damaging? Absolutely, yes. There's not a person in here, perhaps, that doesn't have something that you hope doesn't become public knowledge, something from your past, something that you've already made right with God, something that was between you and the Lord, He's forgiven you, and you've moved on, you, you hope to never revisit it again. You know, it's the beauty of the gospel that God is faithful to meet us where we are. He's faithful to, to, to look face to face, eyeball to eyeball to us, even in the ditch, even in the midst of our sin. And yet, because of his grace and because of his great love and because of his mercy, he not only meets us there, but he'll save us there. And he'll clean us up and he'll do what no other person at times will do. He'll, not, he'll forget our sin from that point forward, never to remember it against us again. Wouldn't it be good if people always operated that way, but they don't. Listen, for you today, perhaps the best thing you can do is to find rightness with God. For the very first time in your life, to turn from your sin and to invite Jesus to come in to take over, to forgive you and to be Lord and to be Savior. You say, Brooks, I've done that. Then what are you doing to build up the body of Christ? What are you doing to advance the gospel in this, in this country and in this world in which we live? What are you doing to make a difference, to be salt and light in this world? Listen, spreading the dirt on others will never do it. It's meeting them where they are, extending an introduction to Jesus and seeking to build up those that God has made in his image. With heads bowed and eyes closed, Lord, we thank you today what your word says to us. Thank you that it speaks about the difficult areas of life. Lord, as we look at this topic of gossip, I thank you that here in this church family that there is unity. I thank you that there is warmth here. There is love here. Lord, there are times, yes, when gossip takes place. There are times, yes, whenever words are spoken that don't need to be spoken. And Lord, it will cost us just as much as it happens anywhere else. And so help us to always be guarded in our personal relationships, in our church family, in our work environments, wherever we go, wherever you send us. Help us to be mindful of what you say about this topic we've seen today, that gossip is reflective of the enemy, the devil himself. Never do we read anything constructive of it in Scripture. Always is it reflected as being damaging and divisive, as, as being wicked, as being evil. And so, Father, may we be proactive to put it to rest, to never take part in it, to never be, be a partner to spreading it. And, Father, where we've been hurt by it, may we trust simply of what you say about us, that as we walk and live a life of integrity, as we live out life committed to Christ, that we know we serve you, a God who forgives us, and that's really all that matters. So help us not to be man followers where we are always worried about the opinions of man. Help us to deal with the facts, to live a life that honors you, and to move on in your grace, building up, not tearing down. Lord, for those who don't know Christ this morning, I pray that they wouldn't let another moment pass before they make the most important decision they'll ever make, and that's to lay down their sin. You call that repentance, and to invite Jesus himself to come into their lives to take over to forgive them and to be first for them from this day forward. Lord, give them the courage to make that decision and invite Jesus, God himself, to take over their lives. Bless now these decisions. We thank you for what you'll do. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.